Hello and welcome to episode 52 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, I have an interview with Devon Sanders of SPX. This is Matt and I'm joined by Devon. Devon, thanks so much for being on. Oh, no problem, man. I'm very, I'm very happy to be doing it. Very cool. So let's just start off with a, with a short bio about yourself and then we'll, we'll delve into some, some issues like comics, influences, and, and SPX. Oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, my name's Devon Sanders, and um, I ran a comic book shop, and you were one of my former customers. That is correct. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> Had a good time while we were there together. Um, but yeah, I did that for 16 years. I came in about 96, so I came in at the very end of, or better yet, the beginning of like the speculator boot. Well, not boom. It was the bust. Yeah, at that it point, was the speculator bust at that point, and uh, worked in comic shops for the better part of sixteen years until I didn't. And um, on top of that, I I have hosted a few podcasts of my own. Um, I did one about twelve years ago. Wrote columns for Bleeding Cool and. Um, don't work in comics as much anymore, but I'm still around and I'm actually the social media director for a small press expo. Yeah. So, um, you, you'd mentioned earlier that we met, um, at, at the comic shop and that you had worked in comics. Um, and, uh, let's, do you want to do a little bit of like shop talk? And cause yeah, this is one sure. thing I'm always interested in. Like, were you in charge of like, uh, like ordering books? Oh, yeah. I was in charge of ordering books and selling them. And I came in at a weird time where, like like I said, it was the speculative bust. Mm -hmm. So right around when I came in, it was, I, I don't know if you remember this, it was the uh, the babes craze. So you had things like uh, Vampirella and mm -hmm. Lady Death and uh, Vangeline. There's a, there's a deep cut right there. <laughs> They were, uh, for some reason, they thought like, well, if we can't do image type books where everybody's like, you know, Zap Claw or whatever like that, we're just going to like put characters out, the female characters out there who have a lot of cleavage and we're going to sell our comics like that. So I came into that. <laughs> but um, weirdly enough, I was more of a traditionalist. Like I loved like just the straight up superhero stuff like mm -hmm. Spider-Man and, and Batman. And yeah, you know, I, just, I, I have just always loved comics. Like some of my earliest memories are just legit of comics. So, um, talking about like, uh, like ordering the books with the, with the, having the buy the books like three months in advance, were you like at some times trying to predict what was going to be, like uh, like a hot title and then and, and order more of those or, or were you just sort of, um, you know, did you have like a set amount? You're like, we're going to get like five of these, um, you know, images. Yeah. 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 We did that type of thing, but it was all like a crapshoot. Like you could never tell what was going to be like the next big thing. Mm -hmm. um, I remember a point when Vertigo was kind of on the, it was, it was on a downturn. Uh, I think Sandman had wrapped up and a lot of like just mainstay Vertigo books had either gone away or uh, writers who had actually made those books popular had just walked away from Vertigo altogether, like Alan Moore and, and Neil Gaiman. Mm -hmm. And I remember specifically looking at a catalog 
and just going, oh, there's another book called Why the Last Man. And I remember just looking at it going, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> I, I don't even know who Brian K. Vaughn is. Uh, you know what? I, I'm, I'm so done with Vertigo right now. We'll just order 12 copies. And I remember ordering 12 copies of it. And the day that it came out, we sold those 12 copies. And we just kind of kept getting people coming in going, do you have Why the Last Man? Do you have it? Do you have it? And we had to keep like increasing the orders. So yeah, all that to say is like you could never ever tell what was going to actually sell and what was actually going to be good. Like who could have known that Walking Dead would be what it is today? Mm -hmm. And you know, we just tried to do the best we could with. There's no formula. You you just honestly you're making it up as you go along, and you're hoping for the best. And thank God that there is a reorder system. But, you know, you try to navigate the waters of, of fandom the best you can. That's all you can do. Yeah. And I know that the shop that uh, you and I uh, met, um, that was more of like a current issue um, yeah. shop. Um, but did you have any experience with people coming in with like long boxes of oh. um, image books that they thought were worth a, worth a ton of money and weren't really worth the yeah. dollar? All the time. We would get people just kind of walking in and they would just like slap long boxes down on the counter and go. And, you know, it was like a, they thought it was money day, you know, like you would just, they would just walk in and go, oh my God. Okay. Just tell me how much I'm going to walk out of here with. And it's like, dude, I couldn't even just train your dog on these things, <laughs> man. Cause I mean, that's the thing that, that people really did not realize that, it, you know, for example, if somebody has, if there are 8 million of something out there, like I think it was like X-Men sold 8 million copies. Mm hmm we know good and well 8 million people did not walk into comic book stores like 8 million people as in one, two, three, eight million walked into comic book stores and bought those comics. No, it was like people buying those in bulk. So if you figured at most a few hundred thousand people walked in there, they were buying those books in bulk. So we always had people coming in thinking that all those comics that they had, bought were going to like you know uh, put their kids through college and you had to be the the bearer of the bad news that you know a lot of crappy retailers that actually just sold them a bill of goods mm -hmm. and you know i i felt bad for them but at the same time eh, they, they kind of let themselves get talked into it so yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, let's, um, I, I know that like one of the big influences on you is like, like, uh, like early nineties, I'm sorry, like, uh, I actually more like probably like late eighties, like uh, wonder woman, but what, what are some of your other, uh, like favorite books? Uh, let's see some of my earlier favorite, like, um, always been a big Spider-Man fan, the Ron friends, uh, uh, who was on that book? Roger Stern run. Okay. Was pretty much some of the earliest comics where I was like, okay, I have to get the next issue. Cause even back then I wasn't quite aware that comics was a monthly medium. 
So it was just like me looking at the comics racks. You know, you remember the old spinner racks that made like the creaky sound that were in the drugstore. Yeah, that's where I got my first books. <laughs> yeah. So I would go to those and I would just go, hey, look, it's Spider-Man. I didn't care what Spider-Man it was. It was like Marvel team up, uh, amazing Spider-Man, Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man. Because I didn't know what continuity was back then. I just really liked Spider-Man. So I would just pick it up. Mm -hmm. and but i remember specifically the roger stern stuff was the first time where i was like oh wait a minute he's got something going on here and it was the hobgoblin saga that that was when i really came into actually loving comics and figuring out like oh this is what the writer does this is what the the artist does and when you put them together oh my god you you've got something here you've got something that makes you want to come back for the next issue. And uh, that was one of the first books that I ever really got into. Um, but I can honestly, truly say my, my gateway comic back then was G.I. Joe. That, um, is, that is true for me as well. <laughs> yeah, because G.I. Joe was like the first book where it was like, oh my God, there's a cartoon and there's a comic book. These are two things I love the most. I can't go wrong. Mm -hmm. And then it had snake eyes in it and much more than that. What else did you need? It was, it was just incredible stuff. And to this day, I'm still in love with GI Joe. Um, weirdly enough, I think I'm the rare comic book fan who doesn't love star Wars. Like other people do. Um, I appreciate it and I understand why people love it, but Weirdly enough, G.I. Joe is kind of my Star Wars, the thing where I, I geek about it. Um, and I got to meet Larry Hama, and he may as well have been. It was like it was like meeting George Lucas. It really, truly was for me. That's cool. Yeah, I G.I. Joe was was my gateway as well. And, and for the longest time, like uh, I actually developed sort of like early brand loyalty. I was like. I would be like, uh, you know, these are Marvel books, these GI Joe books, and if I'm going to branch out, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the to these Marvel books. Um, and uh, you know, it was Spider Man, it was Captain America, but I really didn't uh, want to touch any of the DC stuff because it was like GI Joe, Marvel, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna go over here. And uh, it wasn't until later in my comics reading and collecting that I, you know, I, I got into much DC stuff. Mm, yeah, but I, I had that going on too because you remember like Marvel was putting out a lot of really well. I don't I don't know if it was good stuff, but it was interesting stuff. Like you had Longshot and Rocket Raccoon and stuff like that was like popping up on the stands at the time. But it seemed like um, even DC was trying to to have a sort of youth movement back mm -hmm. in the '80s. So you know you had things like Blue Devil, you had Amethyst. Um, you had Firestorm and, you know, you even had the Justice League Detroit with Vibe, the uh, Puerto Rican <laughs> <laughs> rapper and stuff like that, who also happened to be in the Justice League. And oh, and um, Batman and the Outsiders. That was the first place I ever saw um, Alan Davis's artwork. Very cool. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like I just remember, you know, I'm, I'm what I'm 10, 11, 12, maybe 13. And this stuff is just coming out and I just could not get enough of it. 
um, like television was a thing, but it was like comic books were almost like this thing that rewarded you for coming back to it. Like once you were done with a TV series or a TV shows, I'm sorry, you would just kind of watch it and it was like, all right, well, I guess I have to come back next week to get the next part of the story. With comics, for me, it felt more like an investment. Like I needed to find out what was going to happen with Peter Parker. I needed to find out like the story behind uh, Snake Eyes and, and Storm Shadow's relationship. I needed that in my life. Like it was, it's just totally different from, from anything else I had ever seen like that early in my life. Yeah. I, I understand you there as well. Um, and like, we were talking about like buying them off the spinner rack. One thing that like I had was a sort of like mental clock in my head that I was like, okay, it's been about, it's been about three, four weeks. I need to get back to the drugstore and, mm. and get the next issue. Cause you know, there might only be one to two of those issues there and I got to get there first. Mm. Yeah. It's not like the convenience of having, having a pull list. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I remember that, like, like you said, like, you never knew what was going to pop up on the spinner rack. So you had to be there every week. You just had to. And I think that that was part of the fun was like the discovery, you know, yeah. like spinner racks. I found, I found Art Adams on the spinner rack. I found Mike Mignolo on the spinner rack. Um, I found John Byrne on the spinner rack. Um, and, you know, not to play old guy, but I kind of, I, I have some, what's the word I'm looking for? Empathy for these kids? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, I don't know how old you are, but I remember seeing my first comics standing in line at the food lion in North Carolina when I would go visit my family mm -hmm. and they had the DC digest. And, you know, I'm, I'm being introduced to the Legion of superheroes, Jonah Hex, Sergeant rock and kids nowadays. Yeah. They're being introduced to, spider-man and and the avengers through the marvel cinematic universe but there's just something so, to me just something so pure about being able to like just pick up spider-man in the place that stan lee intended for him to be you yeah. know what i mean yeah yeah and like a weird thing for me was like uh you know like now they think that like these these large issue numbers are like a detractor but mm -hmm. like i can like you know I, th I thought it was magical to see like, like a 335, like on a Captain America. And I'm like, uh, you know, I'm going to jump in there, but I'm also going to, when I can, I'm going to go back and, you know, and try to fill in as much of the story as I can. I, I didn't see it as a, uh, as a, you know, an obstacle as to, to getting in, but now it's sort of like, you know, if a book gets to like 24, 25, it's, 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 it's going to be rebooted as, as a number yeah. one. But I didn't, I didn't see those big issue numbers as, as something to deter me from getting in there. Me neither. I mean, to me, like I remember specifically being a kid and looking at numbers on things and actually getting excited that possibly in my lifetime, I might be able to read Action Comics 1000, mm -hmm. you know? Like, that was a big thing. Like, oh, my God, how does a comic even get to a thousand? There's only 12 months in a year. And, you know, it's going to get to a thousand. Oh, my God, I got to live to see this thing. And, you know, I've lived to see it. That's very and, cool. Yeah. I don't know how anybody can't get excited about that. But, you know, it's like 
Marvel and DC, they, they are not the small shops that they used to be. Um, they are owned by Warner Brothers and, and Disney. And I understand that it is a business concern, but mm -hmm. at the same time, yeah, let's let's keep some of that magic going, man. Yeah, I, I hear you. All right, let's yeah. uh, let's switch gears from superheroes to to small press. You you mentioned ah. earlier you're the uh, social media director for for small press, and that's coming up uh, at the time of this recording in about about three weeks or so. It's what in about three weeks, September fourteenth and fifteenth. Um, it, it, and it's in Bethesda, Maryland. Um, what's Bethesda, the, Maryland. What's the name of the hotel that it's uh, held in? Uh, it is the Bethesda Marriott. Bethesda Marriott. Right across the way from uh, what is that? The White Flint Metro. Yes, that's that's where I that's where I that's where I uh, I park and, and walk over to. So, <laughs> right. So, um, what does uh, what does a social media director um, what does that job uh, entail? It entails essentially making sure that everybody knows mm -hmm. what we're doing exactly. Um, and trying to relay the information in, in the best, most efficient way possible. Um, when I came on, it was kind of, it, this is not me downing anyone, mm -hmm. but it kind of was like the last thing anybody <laughs> wanted to do um, because I was one of three people and it, things kind of kept trickling down to me doing them because everybody else was doing uh, other things. And finally, at our last meeting in December, our last like face-to-face -face meeting in December, we, I just said, Hey, why don't I do it? I actually like this. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I wanted to do with it was I wanted to make the small press expo, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook accounts actually have a voice and make it feel like we are talking to you much like Stan talked to you through the Stan Lee soapboxes. Um, so, before that, you know, the information was very rote and it was kind of dry. And it was like, here's what we are doing. Um, when I took it over, I was like, no, I want people to be excited about what we're doing. I want you to be excited that we are, we have Chris Ware here. Um, I want you to be excited that we're going to get probably one of the best uh, children's writers, uh, young adult writers out there and, and Raina Telgemeier out mm -hmm. there. Um, I want you to be hyped on this. I want you to be hyped about the debuts that we're doing. Um, one of the great things about SPX is to me, it's like a treasure hunt. So one of the first things I did last week, they asked me, well, last week, not last year, excuse me. Last year was like, they were like, who are you liking? And I was like, well, I, I really like this guy, Lawrence Lindell. And Lawrence Lindell came they brought him in nice. and he came to, yeah, they brought him in. I was, I was amazed. And he had such a successful debut at small press expo. And I got to admit, like I was kind of nervous to meet him and I still haven't met him, <laughs> even though I brought him in. Um, and, but you know, just to see, cause I found out on Twitter, like he sold out of all of his stuff. Uh, in one day, because everybody just welcomed him like like with open arms, um, and the same thing with a, a mutual friend of ours, Chris Scott. Definitely, um, yeah, I've known him for um, the better part of God, I guess about a decade now. 
And it's just been a matter of just saying, hey, you know, there's incredible talent out there. Um, we need to, like, you know, get people excited. And one of the great things about SPX is that it, it's a little bit of a treasure hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, you walk through the door and, yeah, the big names like a Chris Ware are going to be there. But if you look hard, not, not even hard, but if you look, you're going to see people who could be the next Chris Ware easily. Mm-hmm. Or they can just be themselves. Period. And that's that. That's sort of the 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 beauty of it. It's it's the uh, these people are here because of the, the of the joy of making and the joy of comics. You know, they're, exactly. They're not. You know, some of these some of these things can be turned into movies, but it's not like it's not like uh, somebody that's doing storyboards through a comic book mm-hmm. in, in hopes of a movie deal. This is, this is the, this is the, the passion and the, and the joy of, of making comics that's really shown here. Absolutely. And you know, the thing that I love about SPX is that for two days, these people who are probably locked into their rooms mm-hmm. doing these comics that they, they love, they get to go out there and they get to present it. They get to go out there and say, Hey, here's the thing I've been working on. Here's this thing that I've, put my heart into uh just take a look at it and i love that i love that aspect of spx and i love the fact that like they they get to just go out there and and be social and you know get the peacock a little bit and say hey here's my thing i hope you like it yeah and i agree with you on the 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 treasure hunt aspect of it i got this book last year that i actually i i flip through it it makes me laugh every time it's called uh greg land is my hero <laughs> and it is okay. it is they 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 don't pull any punches it's it's uh you know sometimes it's just you know a screen grab of like anderson cooper like reporting on the news and they're like that's a panel uh-huh. um Oh, man. Uh, and I, I find it hysterical every time I read it. And I, I, I've met Greg Land at HeroesCon, and he's a he's a super nice guy. But uh, uh-huh. the, the the book is just hysterical. So it's those, those little treasures that you find there. Um, that yeah. you're only you'll only you know you might find these guys at a local show if you're lucky. But this is like sort of bringing them all together, um, mm-hmm. and you have, you know you have better opportunity to find those 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 great books. Yeah, like you know, it's like the best thing to do with small press expo is just to kind of just walk around and then dive in mm-hmm. um, because you never know who you're going to find. Like uh, I think it was about six years ago, a really good friend, friend of mine named Jim Dugan uh, literally came running up to me in small press expo. And I didn't have anything to do with small press expo back then. And he goes, I found this book. It's the most incredible book I've seen in a long time you have to go get it and the guy is like even doing little sketches in in the book and so i walk up and we're having a conversation and he you know really nice guy and he's just shaking your hand and he's selling you on the book and it was just like you know what i'm I'm going for it let's do it um and the book was called the now of brown and it's an incredible book and it's by glenn dillon um and he uh, he doesn't do a lot of comic art stuff anymore, but here's what this is why SPX is kind of important. Um, little did I know that within like three years, he would move over to Disney and he would be doing the bulk of the character design for the Star Wars movies. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. So it's like, you never know who you're going to like see at SPX or meet. And, you know, I, weirdly enough, he actually followed me on Twitter and like, we're good Twitter friends. So, you know, that's just an SPX story right there. Like you never know who you can meet. Just, yeah. It's it's, like I said, it's a treasure hunt, man. Yeah. And I'm, I, you know, when I'm there, I like to to dip out and go to as many sort of panels as I can. There's lots mm-hmm. of great sort of panels and uh, and workshops and, and stuff yeah. like that. So that's that's another great. And it's, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of chance for like one on one sort of um uh, opportunities with with the with the speakers if you were at a bigger con you know you'd you'd be in there with you know 60 70 100 people but um you know i i went to one with uh, uh jeffrey brown who does a lot of like kids yeah. books and my, yeah. my my son um really liked his books and uh he, you know he gave us a prompt and you know we we drew like uh you know thumbnails for like a one to two page story and he came around and you know he looked at everybody's you know, page and, you know, gave everybody uh, a critique or um, sort of, you know, words of encouragement. And you really, you probably wouldn't get that at, you know, San Diego or, or New oh, York. Yeah. So, you know, that's another great aspect of, of SBX. Yeah. And that's the other thing a lot of people have been saying for the longest time. Oh, SPX is such a great experience. I love to see it get bigger. And it's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. You really don't want to see it get bigger no. because guess what? If it does get bigger, you're not going to be able to have that experience. Mm-hmm. Like the prices for tables are going to have to go up. Um, the price for the tickets are going to have to go up because we're going to have to fill those spaces. And guess what? It might actually be overwhelming. Like part of the reason why I don't really go to cons like I used to is I just feel overwhelmed nowadays. Yeah. But, you know, you walk in and it's like, you know, I don't do it as much as I used to, but you know, you're trying to find a specific artist and they may be in the back and you want to run so that you can have a moment with them. But by the time you get back there, there's already like 12 people back there trying to have a moment with that mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Um, with SPX, you know, we keep it small so that you can walk up to that person whose book you, you might have bought through like Store Envy or something like that. You can walk up to them and go, hey, this is an incredible piece of work. Thank you for making it. And I love the fact that like, you know, we can create a one-on-one experience for you um, just by basically keeping it intimate, keeping Mm -hmm. it small. Cause there's, there's a lot of conventions out there like awesome con or New York comic con or San Diego, where if you need that big con experience, you know what, go for it, go there. But with SBX, we're a totally different thing. And, you know, we just want to kind of keep it intimate for as long as we possibly can. Very cool. So um, I'm looking here at the guest list and you had mentioned some of the, the people that are um, going to be there. But I'm, I'm seeing uh, Jamie Hernandez. That's that's a pretty mm. awesome kit for, for SPX. Yeah, he is uh, top five for me. Like if there's if I have a well, there's only four faces on Rushmore. So let's, <laughs> if we can put five on there. He would absolutely be one of the five. And he's just like the nicest guy too. Like just just the body of work to actually be able to put together 
a body of work that is, is still fresh after 30 some years mm-hmm. and still still interesting i just all respect to the man yeah i'm i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to at least stopping by his table and uh taking a look and hopefully getting a chance to to speak to him so yeah i don't know if you saw it but did you see he's actually doing this year's attendee badge oh no definitely i did not oh, see that God. but that's cool yeah yeah, you got to check out the uh, Twitter account. There's there's a beautiful picture of it. Um, he knocked it out of the park. Cool. Yeah, I, I hold on to all of my all of my my badges, so that'll go that'll go in the uh, in the collection there. All right. Cool. All right. So, do you have uh, any any last things you want to talk about before we before we wrap it up? And I'll make sure that I let you you know give all the 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 details and we'll definitely include all of that in, in the show notes. But uh, we talked about this uh, pretty in depth, but why don't mm-hmm. you sort of give us the, the rundown, the dates um, and, and stuff like that. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, Small press expo. It is in Bethesda, Maryland at the Bethesda Marriott hotel. Um, it is September 14th through the 15th uh, doors open. I believe it. 10 on saturday and close at six okay um i'd have to look that up again but i believe it is six and let's see on sunday they open up at noon nice. uh, because frankly i think some of us need to sleep the day off the previous uh, day off yeah that's that's understandable yeah and i think we're going from 12 to 6 on sunday very cool. Um, do you want to um, shout out the, the 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 Instagram and the the Twitter and uh, and stuff for SPX? And I'll like yeah. I said, I'll make sure I put that in the show notes. But why don't you go ahead and mention those here? Okay. Yeah. Um, Small Press Expo on Instagram and Twitter are both uh, at SPX Comics C O M I C S. They're both the same. Um, that's where you can go and get a lot of like, that's where I update the most uh, on Twitter and Instagram. It just seems to be better. We also do have a Facebook page that we use it. (laughs) Um, But you know, it just, information is just a lot easier to put out there for me anyway on, on Twitter and and Instagram. So yeah, like I said, they're both uh, at SPX comics. Okay. How about you? Do you want to um, shout out any of uh, your personal stuff? Or I know for a while you you had a blog. Are you are you still working oh, yeah. on that? No, nah, I don't really do the blogging as much because honestly, my own Twitter is just kind of become my own personal blog where I mm-hmm. just kind of talk about comics and things that are, I, I see in the world that just either kind of make me shake my head or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's um. Actually, it's just at Devon Sanders. Yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, so, um, uh, yeah, I'll put that in the, the show notes as well um, for, for a follow just to more information on comics. So um, I want to thank you for being on. I'm looking forward to SPX. And if you're not too busy, I will uh, stop by and uh, shake your hand. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll probably, especially Saturday, mm-hmm. I'll be hanging out around the uh, Raina Telgemeier signing because I think that's going to be huge. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you just want to stop by, I'll be more than happy to see you, man. 
Cool. All right. So I want to thank everybody for listening. And if they want to give us a follow, uh, we're on Twitter at Construct Com Pod. Uh, we're on Instagram at Constructing Comics Pod. And we have a Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Constructing Comics. We also have a YouTube channel under the same name of Constructing Comics, where we do some more visually heavy episodes. And um, I'll be sure to take a lot of pictures at SPX and put those up on, um, on our Instagram and our, our Twitter. So I want to thank everybody for, for joining us. And uh, like I, I've been doing lately, encourage people to go out there and uh, uh, make some more comics, make some, make some indie comics. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone.